What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the E4X with the podcast. I'm Corey, and today we have Tim Malcolm from 90 Day Fiance. This is going to be a part one of two that we're going to do. I talked to Tim for over three hours the other day, and for the first half, we talk about 90 Day Fiance, his his life out away from the camera, what he does. And then the other half, we talked about movies and games and stuff that we actually found that we had a lot in common. So this first part is just going to be about 90 Day Fiance. We talk about the tell-all. We talk about his thoughts on Jesse and Jennifer dating. We talk about other cast members in 90 Day Fiance, how he got on the show, um, what his life is like being a reality star on a very popular show that I and my fiance Corinne love to watch. It's a guilty pleasure. But it's nice to talk to these people because you only see them in a certain light most of the time. So this is a great way to really get to know these kind of people. Um, he's actually a really great guy, really nice. Me and him actually played some video games together. Uh, he's a real cool dude. So uh, don't just believe everything you see or hear in the media or on TV. Judge him for, for what you hear or see on this podcast if you can or if you're going to judge him at all. So like this video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification so you get notified every time I post a piece of content or a video or anything like that. So enjoy this episode of the E4 Explosive Podcast with Tim Malcolm from 90 Day Fiance Part 1. Peace out. This episode of the E4 Explosive Podcast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment. Bravo Concealment is known for some of the best high-quality and concealable holsters on the market. Located in the great state of Texas, they offer free shipping and unlimited lifetime warranty on all of their products. And a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like the product. I've been using Bravo Concealment for my gun holsters ever since I got into guns, and the quality is by far, bar none, the top notch in the entire industry that I've seen. And right now they're doing a buy one, get one free, plus free shipping, the 30-day money-back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. On top of that, you, my friends, will get 10% off of any product, of any purchase on their website by using Explicit10. Use the code Explicit10, and you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from bravoconcealment.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the E4 Explicit Podcast. Today, we have Tim Malcolm. Most of you know them, know him from 90 Day Fiance. Um, he runs other businesses, but he's uh, it's Tim Malcolm. Jack, I appreciate Jack you. Jack of all trades, man. Yeah, hey, dude. thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man. Also, the, the gun thing, I want to talk about that in a little bit, but that shit was awesome. I'm, I'm a big gun guy. I actually lived in Charlotte right near you guys for a couple of oh, years, wow. uh, right outside of Waxhaw. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, our, our house was in Weddington, so it's that's technically Waxhaw, yeah. That's where I was in Weddington. But that new yeah, that's right. That's where, where we Whole filmed Hill Dog, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yep. we were the apartments right behind the Whole Foods right there. Uh, I'm not familiar with, like, I guess you're probably further down Providence. Like, yes. um, like right before Waxhaw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so do you actually go through downtown Waxhaw? Like over no. the road tracks? Okay. Nope. Yeah, because like where we're at, it's like really close to the Charlotte line. Got you. So, I mean, you know, uh, without giving too much details, because we literally have had people show up to that house and like leave notes and shit. Like, you know, you're good. Crazy. You don't need to say. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was the house that her and I bought together and she kept it when we broke up. But uh, nice. I miss living out that way. In fact, I, I'm I'm in the market for a house and I keep looking to go back to either Weddington Wax or Marvin, you know, that right. whole area. Yeah. That's no. crazy. Did you like it? Yeah, we did. We were there for about a year and a half because uh, me and my what buddies. What year? Uh, 2019. Okay, so, well, you were here, like, people don't get it, because, I mean, I was born and raised in Charlotte, I'm about to turn 42, Right. so, I mean, as a child, Charlotte was like this podunk, yep. 
country town, right? Like, I mean, like to see that it's now surpassed San Francisco as I think the 13th largest city in the United States. That's crazy. Crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it is fucking crazy. Yeah. We didn't go downtown. We, we were like, oh, let's just live out here. Cause like in the burbs, it was a really nice area and stuff like that. Um, but no, it was, it was nice. But then we, we moved, I moved back home to DC. So um, yeah, man, cool, man, it was so funny. Cause when I reached out to Veronica a while ago and was talking to her. She, I was like, oh, you guys are in like Waxhaw. Like we literally like lived there for like a year and a half, basically. But it's just, a great, it's a great area, dude. It's really like, nice. And and actually, I mean, if you want to try to find property with land at all, dude. you're not gonna find it in Charlotte anymore. I mean, Charlotte yeah. is just the housing market here is crazy. Yeah. Rental prices are out the roof because a lot of people don't know this, but the Queen City, Charlotte, is either the second or the third largest banking capital it in is. the world i thought it was the first when we were there it was i it think may, it, was it may be i yeah. didn't want to say the first and then somebody called me and be like that, that guy's full of shit but no. it, it, it's up there it's so top like, 300 i can tell you this i remember when 9 11 happened i was 21 i think but i remember charlotte was on the list of possible targets of them crashing planes in the buildings because the banks are here. Right. Bank so they America, thought they might try yeah. to cripple our, you know, financial institutions. So they were evacuating buildings here too. Oh shit. But people don't, re- like I said, a lot of people, if they don't know Charlotte, they don't realize that it's a big city. Um, and it's very transient. So you don't meet a lot of people that are born From, and raised in Charlotte. Yep. It's a lot of New Jersey, New York people now that are down here. Uh, but yes, yeah, all bankers, man. So there's a lot of money here too. Yeah. There is. You know, I noticed that too. That's so funny you say that because when we when we moved there, we were like, because my buddy lives in, uh, uh, he has a couple martial arts school, one in downtown Charlotte, one in uh, um, what's the K town up north town? TK. No, it starts with a K. Uh, oh, Canapolis. Canapolis, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he I, when we moved there, we're like, holy shit! Like, this is like a, a it's got a, this is a pretty big fucking city. I thought it was gonna be much smaller, but yeah, it yeah. was. Well, Charlotte, it's weird because like Charlotte has a belt going around it yep. called 45, you know, yep. and you can literally drive around the city in about a half hour if you're not in like super traffic. So it's not a huge city like right. uh, dimension wise, but there's a lot packed in it. Yeah. You know? So it's not as bad as like Manhattan. Like, no. I, oh, my God, every time I go to New York, um, I just have anxiety trying to walk through people. But, it's a uh, lot. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. traffic here is starting to get like that, though, man. Like it used to be like Fridays at five o'clock. You could expect traffic. But now it's all day constant. And I think the statistics I last read was seven thousand people a month are moving to Charlotte right now. That, so. Yeah. We, there's no houses for sale and a house that you could buy for 300 grand 10 years ago is a million dollars or more now i mean the prices are really getting insane it used to be charlotte was one of the cheapest cost of living cities you could live in i mean i think got my first house when i bought in 2001 which was like 3,000 square foot brand new house it was like 150 grand wow yeah so now it's like that you, you can't buy shit no, you can't for you know under like a couple that. hundred grand and then that's like on the bad side of town so Right. No, that's so that's because we come from uh my, my fiance's from Long Island. I'm from DC. So we come from like really expensive, a lot of yeah. traffic. So. Yeah, I know DC is expensive. Oh, yeah. Man. It's so bad. So when we moved down there, we're like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Well, one so of my best friends is a lawyer in LA. And um, like I was just showing him what kind of house he could get here for like one, 1. 1.5 million. And to him, it's like holy shit, yeah, I know. a mansion there, like. Yeah. In LA, he's like, dude, that's like a 900 square foot, you yeah, know, modular shack. home. Yeah. Right, 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 right. right. So I'm bitching about the prices still, but it's like, man, other people are like laughing at me, like, dude, that's nothing. Yep. 
Yeah, that's how it is. We just actually moved to Colorado. So we live in Colorado Springs now. Same thing. I go to Starbucks and they're like, oh, where are you from? Like DC. They're like, oh, the prices here are so ridiculous. I'm like, ma'am, like, yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what the fuck. Yeah. Right, just right, like traffic. Right. I'm like, traffic? Like what? Yeah. Like, no. I think uh, Miami and New York, worst traffic I've ever seen for the States. Oh, yeah. Uh, New York Charlotte is sucks. getting bad, though, dude. Even probably since you were here, like the last year has really, I mean, dude, I hate if I, I, I have Amazon deliver my groceries now, even right. like if I don't have to leave my house, I don't. Right. Um, number one, because people recognize me, especially in Charlotte, because yeah. they know that we're here. That you're from there, yeah. So if I'm trying to run out real quick and grab something and like, you know, trying to not stand and talk about 90 Day Fiance for 30 <laughs> minutes or so, which, you know, I've said that before in interviews and people always take that the wrong way. I love my fans and I love people that are passionate about the show. Unfortunately, for reality TV people, you're living a little bit of a, a weird life. Like, sure. you know, you're recognized on the street as like, a celebrity but you don't make celebrity money so you're having to work just like your normal dude right you know and uh i'm like i work so, like i'm seven days a week like typically 12 to 15 hours a day so for me like if you run into me at home depot you know or walmart or something like, like i'm trying to get the fuck in and get out right, right. like so a lot of like i was at the post office the other day man and uh it never fails like i got in and Nobody said nothing. I'm like, cool. I'm getting in my car and, and the car beside me, there was a lady in the passenger seat and I, I was in my zone. You know what I mean? So she's like, oh my God. And it scared me. So like, like she was so close to me, I jumped and she's like, you're Tana. And I was like, yeah, like, thank you. But I was yeah. like in my <laughs> car, like, like literally lady, you just scared the shit out of me. Like, you know, but people get super excited, man. Like I, which again, I'm a TV and movie guy myself. So right, like, right. if there's a show that I like or a movie that I, you know, love and I saw somebody from yeah. it, I would geek out too. Right. You know, I'm a total fanboy. Right. Yeah. So, no, I, I totally get that. Like every time I talk to someone like you, like, like Kale from Teen Mom, she actually brought up a good point. She's like, a lot of people think I'm like unapproachable. And like, she's like, someone tweeted her and said, well, I was going to approach you, but you seemed unapproachable. And it's like, what the fuck? You didn't even come up to me. It's like, you don't need, you know, you don't know what you're going through. You don't know what you're doing. Like you said, at the, especially at the post office, I fucking hate going to the post office as a regular person. So it's like, yeah. Or can't, be, yeah. yeah, dude, it's like, you're already in a negative mindset when you get in that motherfucker. Yeah. God forbid someone come up to you and scare you or want to talk well, to you. One thing I tell people too, is like, I've, I've met a lot of actors over the right. last, even before I was on TV, like I go to conventions and stuff because I'm, I'm a fanboy. So right. I've been very disappointed before meeting somebody that I idolized from a movie or project they had done and they were just a complete asshole. Right. But after I've been on TV and, uh, you know, have experienced what it's like to, to have some sort of fame, you know, and, right. and people recognize you, you have to remember, like, that's a job like exactly. anything else. You know what I mean? It's no different than clocking in at Walmart and, and being a cashier and, um, you know, I think everybody's entitled to personal time. And, and again, like I'll give you an example. Every year, my family and I eat Thanksgiving lunch at the same restaurant. And I, it's actually in Gastonia of all places. Right. And, uh, you know, like I, I sat down this year, this past year, and um, I put my back towards the people because my family thinks it's so 
cool. You know what I mean? Like, and and they don't get that. Like, I just want to be able to sit and enjoy my fucking meal for 30 minutes and not have to talk about something that I, you know, with a stranger. That sounds super ungrateful. And and, and let me reiterate, like, I, I'm a dude, I'm a Charlotte, North Carolina dude. Never thought in a million years I would be on this big TV show. And I, I understand people would kill to be able to experience that. And I am very grateful for it. I have a great time with it. I've really enjoyed entertaining people. Uh, I, I'm an introvert though, you know, right. and, and I, I'm not a people person like, uh, and it's nothing personal. It's just, that's my personality. Like, I don't, I don't really, you know, I, I'm the type of guy I've got like three really close friends, but I'm not like, I don't have like friends with everyone. I'm like that guy that just has like friends everywhere you go, you know? Right, right. So I have a very small circle and uh, you know, like, the mask thing I thought was going to really help me out when, when they, when they put that in effect on like, man, cause I used to fuck with people. Like they would come up to me and be like, Oh my God, has anybody ever told you like uh Tim from 90 pounds? I'd be like, yeah, I get that all the time. And I'll just keep walking. You know what <laughs> I mean? Amazing. Like, but uh, like, and I'm that guy, like I would stare at somebody from TV and be like, that's not, there's no way that's them. And it would yeah. really be them. Yeah, I like, try to talk like, yourself out of it. But some people, man, like even with the mask on, they no. will walk up to me as soon as they see me. And I sometimes I'll ask them like, hey, how did you recognize? And they'll say, well, I heard you. They recognize me from my voice, which I never knew until I was on TV that apparently my voice is very distinguishable. It's totally. So, um, I, you know, I just never thought that about myself. You know what I mean? So you, you can't avoid it. Like I've had some very funny stories happen, but with the Thanksgiving thing, you know, I'm sitting there like finishing up and like all of a sudden I feel, you know, somebody tap me on my shoulder. Well, something else about me is I'm not like a germaphobe, but I've had COVID twice and, you know, uh, I didn't enjoy it. I'm vaccinated and all that shit and still caught it a second time. And when I get COVID, I can't work. So it's like, I'm very careful. Plus, you know, my sister-in-law has been fighting cancer for two years and like, I can't be around her if I have COVID. So uh, you know, it says there's multiple reasons. So again, right. it's like you're sitting there eating Thanksgiving, and then you got somebody that comes up and just starts touching you yeah. in the middle of COVID. Hey Tim, and, hey Tim. Yeah, yeah, and exactly, and it's like you know, you try your best to be nice because you know that that's their moment that they're gonna go and tell everybody that day. And, right. and if you're an asshole to them, you know, you're probably gonna see it online. And but the whole point of the long story was that you never know what day that person is having exactly and they're just like any other human being you know you don't know that right when you saw them they didn't just hang up fighting with their girlfriend for 20 minutes and are just in, or they just got the news that a family member right has cancer and is sick like yep. you, you don't know so i always tell people just remember you know like it, it's it's a person like that it's not, not like a robot like it's, yeah. it's just like anything else no it's true it's like they're not like if people like to, i'm i'm in a, like i said i'm a filmmaker and stuff so like i've seen a lot of famous people like so I, like if someone i have a rule like if i see someone famous and they're eating i 100 percent do not approach them because I, like why i would be fucking pissed if someone would just keep coming up to me and it always kills me when i see people run to famous people when they're eating meals and i'm like guys like let them enjoy their meal like you do this every day crazy (laughs) on valentine's day this last like last month or whatever Mm -hmm. i ran out to the store my girlfriend was asleep and of course i'm that guy like had to go out the day last minute yeah (laughs) my schedule is crazy all right sure you know i was standing inside a store saw like a 
elderly lady and husband crossing the street. She fell, busted her head open, and was laying out in the street, just pouring blood from oh, her shit. head. So I ran outside, like trying to help this lady. Ran back inside the store, was like, hey, I grabbed a water, grabbed some wet wipes off the shelf and was like yelling at the cashier, like, I'll be back to pay for it. Like, I'm not stealing it. And literally, as I was crossing the street to go help this lady, a guy fucking grabbed me and asked me to sign an autograph for his fucking wife. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And like, it took every bit of self-constraint I had to not scream at the guy like do you see this oh this i mean there was blood everywhere what yeah you know, like there was some other people trying to help they had already called the paramedics but right. i was the one that went inside to try to get something to like put over the right. wound her husband like i felt so bad for and it's fucking valentine's day right. like you know husband oh. and wife just going out super old probably in their 70s maybe even 80s right and i'm just kind of like are you like really like do you not I, see this it's just the worst the worst yeah. time. I mean, it really just upset me for that couple right. of like how insensitive, you know, like, um, but again, it's just, I think people see you and they're just afraid that you're going to disappear and they don't get their chance. Right. You know what I mean? So like, I even told the guy when he said that, I'm like, yeah, I'll come back in a minute. Like, let me help here first. And I did, I actually went back and signed his fucking, it was like a receipt. Like he, <laughs> It's so funny what people want you to sign, right? Because it's not like they're carrying around pictures of right. like D-list reality stars <laughs> in their backpack, right? So uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like a dollar dollar general receipt or something. Yeah. Like, will you make this out to Susie? And I'm like, sure, sure, buddy. Are you gonna fucking frame that? Like, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, man. So it, it's and and to be honest with you, the culture has changed a lot. So like when I was a kid you wanted an autograph now everybody just wants a fucking picture to picture put on social media yeah. Yeah. so I, I rarely get asked for autograph i think it's so funny when people ask me for an autograph because i'm just like really like you yeah know, like i'm like i'm a fucking reality dude like <laughs> i'm not a johnny depp here yeah Come it's on. like the rock like the uh, picture i get though because like anybody famous i see i'd want to put a picture and be like guess who i ran into right. you know what i mean like oh, I, I get that but the autograph shit like i don't think anybody's selling that on ebay for more than about 86 cents <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's like, dude, what the fuck, man? I mean, That's just so old school, man. You said 86 cents? Yeah, like, I, I don't even think it'll sell for that, right? Like, Sells for one coin, one crypto coin or some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If anybody wants my autograph and want to give me crypto, I'll be happy to send them some shit. <laughs> That's too funny. Holy yeah. shit. All right, all right. So, okay, so we spent 30 minutes talking about Charlotte. Okay, all right. Um, it's all right. I'm having fun, man. Yeah, oh, no, I love this is great. That's so funny. Um, okay, I do want to talk about some stuff. I don't want to honestly, dude. I I literally was it last night I watched the tell all of you and Veronica with Jesse and Jennifer. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I've always never I've never liked Jesse. I'm not, you don't have to say anything negative about him. I don't you don't have to. Well, I, I can't I can't talk about the tell all at all, but I okay. can I can talk about Jesse because you know him and I had an issue on my tell all, which was years ago now, but anything right. that's current I can't talk about. Okay. Um so yeah, so I during my season, like uh before the 90s season three, which was the first time I was ever on TV, right? Yep. Um when you went to Columbia. I went to Columbia, right? Yep. And uh, you know, did that whole thing. Well, <laughs> I, I like literally when I found out Darcy was on my show, I was very excited because when I was still in a relationship with Veronica, when we were still a couple, 
I remember watching 90 Day Fiance season one with Veronica and, and then before the 90 Day season one, you know, and we, we watched those shows, right? So Darcy, to me, I don't know, was like a real star, you know, yeah. like, and if yeah. you ever see her in person, like she, you, she's just one of those people who like, when you see her, she just looks famous, right? Like, right. I'll never forget, like, when we filmed the tell-all, Darcy, me, and Tom Brooks all went out in Manhattan, like Times Square. Mm -hmm. And you would have thought I was with fucking Michael Jackson. Dar I mean, nobody, by that, we had been on TV like four weeks, me and Tom. So right. Darcy kept telling people like, hey, this is Tim and Tom from the show and nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> but I mean, people were coming up to Darcy like crazy. And to be honest, Darcy is a lot like me. Like she loves her fans, but she's not like really into it for the fame. Right. You know, so she she's a little bit shy, to be honest. Like, um, and we thought it was so cool. Like, we were like, oh my God, like, you know, why, why, why are you? Cause she was like hiding in stores and shit, like right, trying right. to avoid, avoid it. it. Yeah. And we didn't understand. Well, you fast forward like <laughs> six months later and, and, and it's really strange. Like, because I remember being at the tell all and talking to the entire cast. I'll get back to the Jesse shit. Yeah, I know yeah, I'm kind of getting off. Field. You're good. And we were all telling each other, like, if we had been recognized yet or not. And, like, there was only one person besides Darcy that had uh, been recognized, and it was Avery, with uh, Avery, the Muslim Avery. Okay. And um, I had, like, seen a couple of Twitter posts where, like, somebody was like, I'm sitting beside Tim at the airport, but nobody had approached me, right? Right. So we were just thinking, like, oh, my God, it'll be so cool if somebody recognizes from the show. And then it starts to – it's just, like – for the first four weeks, it never happened. And then it's like overnight, about midway through the season, it's just so strange how then you leave your house and like everywhere you go, somebody wow. stops you, especially right. at airports and places of like large gatherings. But anyway, I was really good friends with Darcy and we hit it off really well. And like, you know, we we exchanged numbers and we were talking a lot, like just personally about stuff. And, right. uh, you know, we had a lot in common. So and I hit her and me and Tom Brooks were really good friends at the time, too. And of course, that was her boyfriend. So, uh, you know, I, I had kind of known, you know, some things that happened on screen and off screen about her and Jesse. So, like, I just didn't like him because I was such a good friend with Darcy at the time. Right. Makes so, sense. Uh, you know, when the, the, the little confrontation at the tell all happened or whatever. And then, like, fast forward a couple of years and somebody tells me, like, do you know Jesse is uh, with Jennifer? And I was just like, well, like, didn't know. That doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, whatever. So, yeah, uh, I don't have a habit of trying to pick fights with the cast. No. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, but I also am not a pushover. So when I've been attacked by cast members in the past, I have for sure, you know, defended myself and attacked back. Right. Uh, and with him, like, I just never liked him. Yeah. Never. No, I, I, I'm the same, same. I'm right there with you. I just feel like, and I know you can't really talk about the tell-all and stuff like that and the recent stuff, but I mean, how, how did it make you feel though, when you saw them together and you were like, I know I, at that time it's been like years, right? Yeah. Like I, that's at least a year. Saying, B90, uh, as, I mean, it premiered, august i think of 2019 so we're almost approaching three years since it aired and remember we filmed that six months before before right. tv right so i mean yeah we're talking it's been three years ago i mean i've had the same girlfriend for over two years now right so um 
you know, I always have tried to be nice about Jennifer, especially in interviews in public and yep. never trashed her. Um, but, you know, when they asked me to do the tell-all and I, I said, sure, I mean, like, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's part of the deal, right? Like people were introduced to me with Jennifer. So that, that'll be a part of my story forever, no matter forever. Right. Like, because that's who I originally did the show with. We just didn't work. And, you know, uh, I, I always try to tell people like, you don't have to hate your exes. No, you know, but like, I don't think she shares the same sentiment. Right. Uh, you know, she, she definitely, um, I don't know why, like she, 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 she is mad at me, I guess, about something. I don't know. To be honest with you, it didn't bother me at all to see them together because I just, I don't have you don't care. those type of feelings for right. her anymore. Right. No. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And like, we never like lived together or, you know, like, uh, wasn't like that serious, if that makes right. sense. Right. Like, I mean, again, long distance dating is very different. I mean, it's, it's a weird attachment you form with someone. It's not the same as when you're in the same city, you're seeing each other regularly, you may live together so it hurts don't get me wrong like you know it's like going through a breakup but it's still i don't know how to put it into words a little bit different than like what i just described like when you're together yeah you know in the same country like um so that one you know when that ended it it was not really that long before i met my current girlfriend right because i say i think uh, b90 was still airing and i met my my new girlfriend so because remember, we had filmed this six months earlier. So right. I, I want to say we were, we may have been broken up. I don't, I really don't even remember, man. It's been so many years. I was going to say, we you probably been, broken up before it even aired, maybe. Before it aired. Yeah, right. we, it may have been. Like, I, I, I don't remember. Because after I came back, it was a month or two, three months maybe before some things happen. And, right. you know, we, we, we didn't really break up at first, but we just kind of like stopped talking for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, Jesse and Jennifer, I feel like are match made in heaven, bro. Match made in heaven, man. Dude, yeah. I, honestly, I, I like, like, I always thought Darcy was kind of, I, I've, I've wanted to talk to her forever since I first saw her, but she, she's always been like, kind of just like, like you said, kind of like the up here. And then a lot of, you know, like you're, you, her, there's a couple other ones that I'm just like, are like, just get more notoriety. I've, I've, I've lingered around. I'll say that, man. Like I've been fortunate, <laughs> you know, um, cause after B90, I thought my TV right. days were done. Which is right? as a lot of the, a lot of that happens to everybody pretty much though. Yeah. Like when you're filming the tell all, you think this could be this is it. Your, your, your last time. Right. So, um, they asked me about pillow talk. I asked me who I'd want to do pillow talk with. I was talking Veronica and I knew me and Veronica would be good at it, but, also, you got to remember, it's hard to think back three years ago, but three years ago, people hated me and Veronica. Like, you know, the, the, the edit that we got on B90 was oh. not in our favor. So I was uh, I was getting drug online, drug through the media. So they gave us a green light to shoot a couple episodes for Pillow Talk. And then at like the week before they were supposed to come and film, they canceled and we ended up not being on that season. So it was like, oh, shit, oh, I really shit. thought I was done then, you know. And I think maybe like five or six months later, they called us and said, okay, we're filming another season and we're going to put you on. So we got a two episode deal and uh, they do that, I guess, to like try you out. And, oh, see. Yeah. and um, man, I remember we filmed it and I, I can't remember if it was like a couple months or, or whatever um, that it took them to get out there or whatever, but the reviews came out online and 
oh my god people trash the living shit out of us and I, me and veronica both were like we're never gonna work on t- in tv again. what nobody liked us on bill dog right like yeah it was horrible but it's because they were basing their opinions on what they still knew from B90. Right. But see, the thing that's great about Pillow Talk is that there's a lot less editing and you get to really be yourself, right? right? right. You're in the comfort of your home. You know, you're not out of your element, another country. Like, um, so they saw that we had a really good dynamic and yeah. that we could play off each other well and that we could be funny, you know, or whatever. And they let us keep going and and slowly but surely they 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 hedged a bet on us and it panned out well for them, I think, because um, you know, I think there's some talented people on Pillow Talk, but I definitely think that Veronica and I bring an element that oh you guys are no fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> yeah, we, the, our our sense of humor, I think, is just very unique. And if you get it, it's right. great. But yeah. some people don't like the dry, deadpan, you know, humor. Um but uh you know it's it, it's still weird though because like you know i'm filming all the time with my ex-fiance ex, yeah right so uh you know that that's still still kind of weird but um well like you said it's it's not like it's it's not weird for you guys it's weird for other people to understand oh you don't have to fucking hate everybody that you've ever been with yeah no it's it's not weird for us although i understand why it's weird for everybody else oh for you sure know? Yeah. because definitely in this society like it it's usually a red flag if you have exes that are as close as veronica and I. that is true so um you know it definitely has been you know something that's caused relationship problems with veronica and different men she's dated and it's definitely been an issue for me as well where just there's always that little bit of, of doubt from your partner that you know well you're spending a lot of time with your ex and you know y'all were talking on the phone all the time and you know whatever but um it's it's really strange man like I always tell people like at one point 
I like I was deeply in love with Veronica. And right. I think Veronica was deeply in love with me. You know, we raised a child together. We, you know, we lived like we were married, even though we never actually were. We were engaged for like six years or something, you know. Right. But um, you know, we we she was 23 when I met her. You know, right. I was 28 years old, and like I said, I was turned 42. So, you know, we've matured, and as we've matured we are great friends, but neither one of us is interested at all. I mean, I, I always tell people, I look at Veronica more like a sister. A sister, right, right. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't look at her the same way other men do in a lust way right, or yeah. you know, uh, uh. anything like that. So it's, for me, it's laughable when I see somebody concerned about it because I know in my mind that like they really don't have anything to worry about, but I can understand why they do. Right. Yeah. You know, because it is rare. It is kind of like if if I was so close to my ex of 10 years, I promise you my fiance would have a problem with that. And it, it's I, tell, I tell my girlfriend yeah. the same. I, I yeah. tell her like, look, I would not be thrilled if you worked with your ex. Right. Like, I right. get it. But like, you know, I. Uh, I, I, but I, one thing I do do is if my girlfriend's ever around me and like, I need to talk to Veronica, put it on speaker. Like I've yeah. introduced her, you know, again, I, I try to be as open as transparent possible. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't delete text or anything, you no. know, sketch. So again, it, if we're talking, it's about one of two things. Like we're either talking about Chloe or we're talking about fucking work business. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, uh, we, we were a lot closer. Like if one of us is single, then usually we'll talk a lot more just because right. usually if you're single, that means you're heartbroken because you just had a relationship end and yeah. you need somebody to talk to. You got some more time on your hands too. That's right, for sure. Right, right, right. And she definitely, I mean, like me and my current girlfriend now, we broke up for a couple months, like a year ago and mm. I was devastated, you know, and Veronica was there for me, you know, and helped me get through that. So, you know, we got back together and now we're good. Right. But, um, you know, it's, it's very nice to have somebody that knows you you know, That's true. And, and knows you better than anybody. Right. Because right. like I, I was with Veronica a very long time and shit now. I mean, I think I've known Veronica since 2008. Right. So, you know, known her for a long ass time. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's rare to keep friends that long, you know? Oh, I mean? for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And, no. and we, we've been through everything together. I mean, right. there's nothing we don't know about each other. So, right. well, that's, I, th I think that's like, it, it's rare, but it's good. It's nice when it, you see it actually happen. And it's not just, you know, it's like, cause, cause most, not most, but a lot of situations that I've seen in my personal life where an ex knows an ex or they're tight or whatever, there's always been like a, oh, well, I don't have a girlfriend right now. So I'm just going to fuck her. You know what I mean? It's kind of, that's how it's kind of always been. So I can see why people would think that with you, but honestly, I've actually never like me and my fiance, Karen, we talk about you and Veronica. And when we do, we're, we, we literally are like, they're just friends. Like there's, it's, completely yeah. it's platonic, platonic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. It's, yeah nah, you can uh, totally you never tell see any like weird like nah you don't that's right cretaceous like yeah yeah no yeah I, I couldn't even take it seriously i mean um <laughs> you know again it's it's very strange but she is the one one on this earth that i have a lot of men that write me to my social media asking if i'll help you know hook them up with veronica and stuff and they're just always like oh my god you know, veronica is so pretty so how, how could you ever Right. And it's so weird when they say it to me because I don't look at her like that. Like, right. it, and I think a lot of people call bullshit on that, but it's the truth. Like she could walk by me naked and it, it, it just, just like, like, 
it's just be like if you saw your fucking mom maybe, yeah. you know? it's like oh like put your clothes yeah. on like again and and i mean i i'm not saying that veronica is not attractive but it's just again it for me it's not like that you don't see her like that anymore no yeah Exactly. Yeah. No, so. I to- I actually totally believe you. I don't think it's bullshit at all. Just just the way you guys interact, and honestly, to keep it going this long, if it wasn't that way, oh my god, like yeah. you would have been exposed by now. There's no absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I mean, I, there was a lot of rumors going around when I first did TV, like, oh, Tim and Veronica used to be married. They they found like a article I wrote like back in twenty like two thousand three or some shit. Like I used to write a movie column when I was like in my twenties. Oh, nice. And I uh, was telling a story about meeting um, Tony Todd, the Candyman dude. And uh, Veronica was with me. So I referenced her as my wife in that article because I used to just call her that. Because we had been together for so long and been engaged. And people like found that article and was like, see, they were married. He's lying. And, Jesus Christ. and I'm like, dude, check the fucking court records. Like, you're never gonna find a, a marriage license for right. me. So like I don't like it's so funny that people think they have caught you. And I'm like, when you have the proof, then post it, you know, until yeah. they shut the fuck up. I know people people go crazy lengths to try to I'll tell you, man, 80% of the shit I read about myself, and I don't I like my first year on TV, I Googled the shit Everything, all the time. Yeah. Now I usually only catch like if a family member or somebody sends me something like I just don't even care anymore. Right. And uh, but you'd be man, I tell you what, that really taught me how much bullshit is published about little old me. I can only imagine about big people or big things. I mean, it's so much bullshit of just like, where the fuck did you even come up with that i know yeah the tabloid so, stuff is is crazy I was, is a real thing it is yeah i just talked to a, the, the guy i was talking to before was a journalist for uh, usa today and he's like very left very and we were he got me down a rabbit hole fucking conspiracies and i'm like dude like i can't because he doesn't believe anything he believes epstein killed himself he believed 9 11 was i'm not gonna go down that road with you but we were talking about propaganda and media and it's, it's now nowadays, it's like, it's not, if you're right, it's, if you're first, you know what I mean? Like if you just put that article out there. Well, let me tell you real quick. I love conspiracy theories. I just don't like talking about them on a video. <laughs> so if you ever want to talk off the air, uh, I, I, your text, I, I yeah. love it. I love it. Like I tell you, like I love uh, watching documentaries, especially like the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, oh, dude. Uh, you know, I, 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 I got into the nine 11 stuff, uh, you know, but, that's that's really actually not one of my favorite ones to right. trying to think like what i've spent a lot of time on i spent a lot of time on like the, the original moon landing um Dude. you know like operation fishbowl uh like, no, I, I, that's why i talked to an astronaut i was like i gotta talk to a fucking astronaut and i talked to one and she's like yeah well like that one is okay right like um if you're watching this, you don't know what Operation Fishbowl is. Like, Google uh, I think it. it's the Van Allen belt, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the, the people that are conspiring saying that we never actually made it to the moon say that we never had the technology to leave the Van Allen belt. So I think it was back in the 50s or 60s. Uh, we were just nuking the sky, right? Like right. Uh, trying to penetrate this belt to get our rockets out. And that's and that's verified. Like that really yeah. happened. Yeah. You know, so um, there's a Kubrick. lot of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of shit that, that ends up becoming true that, you know, a lot of people don't. Now, I don't think the earth is flat. Like, no. I'm not that. that You're not a flat earther, too? Nah, I'm not <laughs> a tinfoil hat wearer or a flat right. earther. But if you look at conspiracy theories from an entertainment standpoint as storytelling, oh. 
these people are creative as fuck. So creative, you know, dude. You yep. know, so even if you're not believing, I don't think there's nothing wrong with going down the rabbit hole and entertaining yourself with the ideas that people come up with. Because these are guys that should be in Hollywood instead of copying movies and <laughs> remakes. Right. Hire these motherfuckers to come up with right. some new scripts, right? Like, yeah. they are fucking brilliant. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the guy that I interviewed before, I found him on the documentary in Hulu called Who Killed Epstein? He, he was interviewed for it because he did a lot of the uh, Lolita Express um investigation so his plane that he flew everybody on the transcripts of you know bill clinton and bill gates donald trump and stuff i, so, I think i watched that documentary yeah his yeah. name's uh chris mogg he was on, is that yeah. the one that focused on epstein's woman to yeah they talked about just lane maxwell yeah 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 her yeah 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 i think i think i watched that i've been watching uh the 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 fire festival ones oh dude those That's so good. I love the both both uh the, the Netflix Hulu one and the Netflix and Hulu. one is, is really good. Yeah, they're both and, really um, good. The fucking I idiots. Just, I love documentaries, especially the older I get, man. I'm I, like, it's funny with age, man. Your taste changed so much. That's why you saw your grandparents watching the news all the time, yeah, and yeah. you know it's happening to me. I gotta admit, man. Like I got the news on every fucking morning, <laughs> and like my, my girlfriend is a lot younger than me, so she always is like making grandpa jokes, and she's right. like, "Oh my god, you watching the news, grandpa?" And she's like, it's funny because I remember watching my grandparents do the same shit. Yep. Uh, but like as you get older, you start giving a fuck about a lot of this shit that you didn't give a fuck about when they were trying to teach it to you in school, right? 100%. So like I love history now, but it was boring as fuck to me when I was in school. Yep. And uh I've been watching a lot of like I recently watched the show Vikings, oh, right? Yeah. Which I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, and people had told me about Vikings and I just never got onto it. But I saw Netflix just released like a new Viking show. And I was like, well, I want to watch that. So let me go back and watch the original. And oh my God, now I'm obsessed with Viking it shit. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And is it accurate, like historically accurate too? Uh, I mean, some of it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, they've obviously dramatized it, you know, and, and told some things out of order. And, you know, a couple Typical. of the battles yeah. actually were won by the other side. But they did have, actually, it's funny. One of my Pillow Talk um, producers, produced a season of vikings so i got to ask her oh cool all all kinds of questions because she was on set like in i think it's ireland or uh, one of those countries where they right. always filmed the yeah. battle scenes for movies and shit but that's um, awesome yeah man no the show is great but I, it's it's gotten me down this rabbit and that's how i am like i'll get fixated on one thing that's and me. just crash course it Yep. For the next three weeks, like while I'm working every morning, I got a YouTube video yep. on like I watched Joan of Arc yesterday. I started watching shit about the Crusades today <laughs> and it all came from Vikings. Right. Like now I'm 600 years back before yeah. the Viking shit. But like I wanted to know how we got how we get here. Point. Yeah. 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 So I'm the same way. Fascinating, yeah. man. Like you can really get lost in that shit. And I'll say this just like on Egypt shit, you could spend a year. Bro. Like there's so many mysteries and fucking unknowns about Egypt and man, we are getting all over the place. We are, America, we are. I, I don't even care. Off. Yeah, about 90 days. It's uh, whatever. I mean, you can't even talk about the stuff that like the current stuff anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Do, do you know who Graham Hancock is? No, huh? Holy shit, he's the one. He's been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. He's the one that is doing what they're doing called lidar in the Amazon. So they're doing these flyovers and lasering the Amazon, and they're finding these old civilizations within deep in the amazon that are 
basically like they're obviously extinct and then they did tests on the soil of the amazon and it's man-made soil it's not natural so people that um and they just found um australian dna in the amazon wow dated like thousands of years before like there was any uh transportation available yeah that that's what i was watching recently about egypt like there's a big discrepancy and like time right like (laughs) i don't think they really have a fucking clue right like um you know what we've been taught i think now that technology is getting so good they're discovering that a lot of what they thought was like with the pyramids being built exactly yeah yeah yeah. things like that like and it all goes down to and i'm not gonna dive into this subject much but uh (laughs) a lot of this shit people don't want to come out because it challenges religion Oh, for you sure. Know, and uh, I think religion in itself, I mean, just if you start researching all about the Vikings and Crusades, most of our world, every major conflict has gone back to differences in religion sure. or religious beliefs. And uh, I think one of the documentaries I watched actually was talking about how there's a lot of proof that a lot of shit that we know as fact is not, but like the fucking... Uh, where's the pope at the uh oh um like the like the romans uh the um they fight to keep those the catholic church yeah the catholic church yeah Yeah. which like i said i don't have an opinion if you're catholic (laughs) hey i don't i don't take sides of religion or politics you know yeah so um but uh, again we're just talking about documentaries here. yeah you guys we're so just talking about they yeah. believe that yeah. the romans or catholic church or whatever is trying to keep some of that stuff from really Dude. making any any big uh media or anything because it it just challenges you know some of the things that they would like to keep right the same. right it could be i mean i've always uh, how they built the pyramids dude how the fuck how that even happened it's like they couldn't even build them today if they That's wanted to it, it, yeah <laughs> I, I i watched something similar over them saying like even with the tools we have today Can't. like it, it's no, too and, perfect and and, and the, the the tools that these guys had back then were like you know even they were sophisticated for the time but like you know still that that time was a very uh, yeah. crude but yeah man it's it's super interesting stuff i mean uh I, I did the Bermuda Triangle rabbit hole. I did space. space. Yep. Oh my God. Like that. Yep. You, you can really get lost in Bohemian those. Grove. You know about that? Bohemian Grove. Uh, what is it? It's a place. It's a, it's a real place uh, in California where uh, apparently a lot of the elites uh, will meet. Um, there's a reporter a couple of years ago went there and actually like infiltrated with Alex Jones before he got, he kind of went off the Sandy Hook. Yeah thing uh but it's that shit's crazy because like that's a true play that's a real place that that like actual like bill gates um uh obama presidents sitting presidents go there and they come together and they all discuss things well that's, that sounds kind of like like the freemasons and, oh yeah yeah uh, freemasons you know, yeah. all that shit yeah like my, my grandfather was actually a freemason and i didn't know that until i was at his funeral and they showed right. up but i never knew i mean he never told told us so well, they kind of uh, don't ever really they don't really I mean, your family's divulge one thing. It, yeah, yeah really but like, it. I mean, I, I was shocked. I thought I, I thought I knew everything about my grandfather. You yeah. know, so uh, it's it's crazy, man. I, like I said, I I love it, you know, but people are so sensitive Dude. today, man. That like you can't even talk about shit and entertaining contests without somebody getting offended. So I know you got to watch what you say. That's why I got banned on TikTok, my first account, because I was talking about some Freemason shit, and they're like, "Wow, this is not real," and I'm like, "Okay, like I'm just talking about it. I'm not like." 
promoting it like it's a real thing well but. if you ever do tv i, I always <laughs> tell like new cast members that reach out to me and like hey what should i expect but i would tell them like just don't talk about politics don't talk about religion you'll be fine right yeah <laughs> like, seriously that yeah. is a two subjects no matter what you say you're gonna piss off a bunch yep. of people 50%. so yeah yeah i i don't need it you know what i mean like and, and people ask me sometimes and i'm just like dude i there's no fucking way i'm answering that because right. the backlash i'm gonna get is not worth the satisfaction you're gonna get from my answer exactly you know so yeah. it's a world we live in man oh i know dude it canceled real quick um let me see here so so what do you i'll just ask you one more question get out of here uh what are you doing now like you have a girlfriend of two years, like what's up with that? Like, what are you doing? So, now? Well, you, you want to talk about the gun business. Uh, oh yeah. 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 What happened with that? Well, so like I'm, I'm a North Carolina dude. Right. So I was raised around guns. Like I think my dad took me to shoot guns when I was eight or nine. For That's why time. I got into guns. I went to point blank range um, yeah. and they were amazing. And I'm like, wow, I thought every gun toting redneck was this person was this like yeah. type of, and it's, I was I fell in love with it. Well, there's a there's a stereotype about the South in general, like, but you know, Charlotte is a very sophisticated city, like we're oh, yeah. not hillbillies, like a lot of people think. Um, you know, there are on the outskirts, you like Some there's podunk. a bridge that you can cross 30 minutes from here that is like you time warp 40 years back, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, but like my grandparents on the pawn shop, you know, right. and uh, my mom worked there part-time, but she was a stay-at-home mom with three kids, and you know, after school, she would like take me there with her to finish out the day and of course there was a bunch of guns there so like when you're a young boy like you guns. know when you were watching like back in the day we had the best movies in the 80s like terminator right. and predator and yeah. you know, aliens and you know, all these gun movies like right so i was always as interested in guns and uh i enjoyed shooting guns so um at some point like i started collecting really high dollar firearms you know in like 15 to thirty thousand dollar a piece range and i was with veronica at the time and our money was together so i started buying some of the guns and we was always a fight so i decided i was going to start selling guns to pay for the guns i wanted guns, to buy right, and right. turn it into a fucking business that actually ended up doing you know fairly well but when trump got elected which a lot of people don't believe me when i tell them this obama was the best gun salesman we ever had i mean the gun businesses the the last two years obama was in office made more money than uh they probably ever had in their their time as wow. a dealer so when everybody thought hillary was gonna win i mean you could name your price for any gun or even ammunition i mean it. And it was yep. sold out everywhere right well then trump won and they're like well shit we've got a republican in office for four years so we don't have to worry about assault rifle bands or high capacity magazine bands sure. and like the price is just nosedive tanked $1,500 AR-15s within a week of Trump getting elected was 400 bucks you know wow. I knew people that had bought pallets of ammunition and 100 ARs just because they were going to flip them once Hillary won right so uh people were getting stuck with all this shit people <laughs> were dumping shit well I had to I had to adapt because my business was dying you know and um this was way before TV, you know, or any, any other source of income. So I decided that I would start customizing guns and, you know, I bought like a little $1,500 gold plating kit off eBay or some shit. And right. like started watching YouTube videos, taught myself how to electroplate. What? And, and uh, like slowly but surely like upgraded tanks, you know, and start being able to do shit. And then I decided I want to start engraving. So I bought a fiber optic laser engraver and, uh, 
I did the custom gun thing for a long time, but I, I'm one of those people, man, like I get super into something and I, I give it my best. And then when I feel like I've reached my peak and that there's really nowhere else for me to go with it, I get bored. Right. I'm saying, so, <laughs> uh, when the quarantine hit, I decided that I was going to teach myself something new. And while everybody was watching tiger King, you know, and all the other bullshit shows. I just interviewed they, Carol Baskin last a couple weeks really? ago. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sure that was interesting. It was. Uh, and I watched the shit, right? Like I'm not going to lie, but, um, while people were sitting around binge watching Netflix during the quarantine, I spent that time learning crypto and NFTs and, uh, like really dedicated, like six to eight months of just making that shit my life. And I've done very well with it. So, um, it's made me more money. Actually, I've made more money in the last year than probably the last seven years with, uh, I just launched my own crypto project. It's called Degen Finance. And um, I've got an NFT project that me and Avery have been working on for a while that I don't know when it'll come out, but uh, we actually have a much better celebrity than us. <laughs> um, that's, that's like a real celebrity, you know? Right. And uh, the, the, their lawyer, dealing with entertainment lawyers, man, is like, it's a fucking nightmare. So uh, we got hung up on one of the stipulations of the contract. And uh, then Avery got into a wreck in, oh, in December that she got a bad concussion from. So that kind of slowed us down some. And now she actually lives in Charlotte. She what? Want- yeah, she. Li- I haven't even like I've never met Avery in person and we're business partners. Right. But she she lives 30 minutes away from me now. I've just been so busy. I haven't even had a chance to go and like actually get to shake her hand and hang out with her that's crazy yeah i know man we we met and like just started talking and you know she was interested in crypto too and uh we like had a group chat with me and her and a couple of my other crypto friends we were all trying to help each other you know and we became good friends that way you know and then an opportunity came up to start a, a business and like second life ventures that's my um it's it's a crypto business but it's not like a coin it's like i use that because i teach crypto classes on zoom and right. i uh, help people that want to get into crypto learn and uh, i do private zooms with people so like they can hire me to like set shit up or help them do something but i also do big classes too right so i sell the services on the website but also we're an investment firm we're like you know uh if a project that we're interested in wants us to help them do something in the right. metaverse or you know something so i've got that going but this uh the crypto coins that i've got that i just launched is kind of what i'm focused on and actually i've kind of stepped away from guns at the moment i mean i'm still a licensed dealer Damn. you know and i still have some guns that i'm working on but that's not my that's the primary it's focus. not my primary right now man i'm telling you i really think crypto is the future man uh i, I just think that we are going to see crypto take over. Can I tell you something about, uh, can I tell you a sure. quick crypto story? Oh, yeah, cool. So uh, in 2013, um, I was uh, living in DC at the time. And this is before Bitcoin was like, yeah, really popping. Popping. I mean, it was like dollars. Um, so uh, a friend of mine who I was who a friend now, but at the time I didn't know who he was, his name's David Fuchs. He's a filmmaker and an artist from LA. He was coming to DC to do interviews about a documentary called Bit by Bit. Um, 
And he was doing interviews to like lobbyists and politicians about Bitcoin and the blockchain. And actually in DC, where were the first companies that came out with the ATM, the Bitcoin ATMs, mm-hmm. and they were just starting to create them and make them. And we were interviewing these people. So my fee was uh, 5,000 bucks for two days of filming. And uh, he's like, you know, living in DC, he's like, I'm like, I got bills to pay, right? I want, I want, I want cash. He's like, look, Corey, I'll give you 5,000 um, Bitcoin. And I'm like, I, I didn't know what Bitcoin was until we started filming. And I'm like, fuck no, bro. You like, don't even have to finish the story. I know the pain <laughs> that's about to come out of your mouth. <laughs> it gets worse. So, so I said, no, give me 5,000, whatever. Of course I run through that in like a month and a half. Uh, he movie comes out. It does well at Sundance. It does well at South by Southwest. It kills it. Right. So he, uh, we become really good friends. And uh, then he, he um, of course he has all this Bitcoin. And then he, a couple of years later, like years later, he hits me up for bit by bit too. And he's like, Hey man, I need you to come to Miami. Of course he moved from LA, bought a beach house in Miami, drives a white G wagon, has a fucking Ferrari, like all this stuff. And I'm like, how did you get your money? He's like, Oh, I sold all my Bitcoin. Uh, and then from the time he was going to give it to me to the time I did uh, bit by bit too, I would have, I think it was like, like $250 million or something. Yeah. I would have, would have had because yeah, at that point it was 50 grand of Bitcoin. Yeah. It was crazy. It's been as high as like 67,000 of Bitcoin. Uh, I, I Similar story. My brother is uh, very good with computers. He was on the internet before the internet existed back right. when it was BBSs, you know, <laughs> and the original people that really knew about crypto was like your black hat, like the, the people buying illegal shit online. Is really right. The blockchain was like, like, yeah, exactly. You know, they ordering like prescription drugs from over other countries and shit. Yeah. But my brother mentioned it because I've always been an entrepreneur and, um, he was like, hey, you should buy this shit. And I, he like explained it to me as this invisible money. And, and I'm like, why the fuck would I? That's what like, I said. What, like, it sounded like the dumbest shit I've ever Dude. heard, right? Like, and it was 75 cents of Bitcoin at that time. <laughs> so two, like $200 investment, right? I would be a multimillionaire today. Oh um, and, and that has haunted me. It was, a, it was the biggest financial mistake I ever made in my life, right? Because at the time, couple hundred hours to me was not a lot of money you know right. to some people that are struggling a couple hundred hours is like a lot but at the right. time i i you know i, I spent 200 dollars on call of duty skins right, like, right. <laughs> you know it's like it is you know i mean uh, and i'm not a rich guy but i i'm i'm fortunate you know right. I'm, I'm yeah. good right like i, I still have goals and ambition and want to be much better than i am but i understand that like i'm thankful for what i have right right uh, so, so many people are struggling and that's, that's one thing that you learn when you start dating foreigners is the misconception about America, right? Like, oh yeah, people think Americans are so rich. And like, I, I, I think I, I read like a year ago, like if you have $20 in your pocket and no debt, you're richer than 50% of Americans. Like it, it's crazy. It's crazy. We're a very debt ridden country. Yep. Like everybody has to have nice shit, but we just finance everything. Right. Right. Yep. So, um, you know, I had fucked with stocks before I lost my I, like I sucked same. right like stocks are just not my thing. same yeah and uh you know <laughs> uh I like you can't name a business avenue that I haven't dabbled in at some point like le- legal shit like I never right. like sold cocaine or anything you right. know but like I think at one point I was even selling like women's cosmetics. Like I, I've just, I, I, just I'm a salesman. Right. Like I used to run flea market tables when I was like 10 years old. I've just always been a hustler. Right. So, um, you know, I always had that in the back of my mind. And then I, I, I got a little bit of money and I was like, 
you know, uh, I, I need to invest this because you get that fucking statement every year from your bank account. And it's like, I waited to fill out my taxes for a dollar and 72 cents to get right. my savings interest. You know, yep. it's always just more of a hassle to claim it than what you made. And uh, I have seen inflation, you know, if you haven't noticed the inflation, you're blind. Yeah, right? no, it's there like, for it's, sure. It's fucking horrible. And, and I mean, COVID didn't make that any better, but so I decided like, hey, let me dabble in fucking crypto. And I, I'm the type of person that just dives in. All in, you know? yeah. Like I need to get my feet wet. I'm just, that's how I am. Like I just right. need to do it and figure it out. I lost my ass. I bought the dumbest crypto you could buy. And we slid into a bear market like a week after. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I put like 15 grand in originally. And within a week <laughs> I had like six grand. So I was like, oh my like, God. Fuck. Like, Super volatile. And I didn't understand the market cycles, right? So, like, I started panic selling like an yep. idiot, you know? And uh, that's when I was like, you know what? Like, let me, nobody you ever meet that's successful succeeded their first time around. No. Right? Like, you have to make some fucking mistakes to, right. to be successful. Yep. And I tell you what, that was one of my most valuable lessons uh, I ever had. Um, a lot of times, my students, I, I stress that to them, like, you're never going to make a lot of money in crypto until you've lost a lot of money. Right. And just be prepared for that. Like, just go into it knowing you're going to lose a lot of money before right. you make a lot of money. Yep. And if you stick with it and you, uh, you know, follow what I'm teaching you, which what I teach to people is don't trade with emotions. You know, uh, if you're one of those people that can't stand the roller coaster ride and you know it's going to give you anxiety attacks, don't fuck with it because right. crypto is so volatile, mm -hmm. you know, but patience is the key with it. If you can just hold out, most of the time you won't lose. It'll come back, you know, and maybe even come back stronger. But a lot of people like just can't do that, right? Like it's just not in our nature to be able to watch our money start rapidly going down yep. and not panic. So, um, you know, I've learned that. And to be honest with you, like, man, I think in December, one of my portfolios was at like 200 grand. And uh, I looked today and I hadn't looked at it in a few years. It's like 68 grand for that portfolio because the market has just like crypto has been getting hammered since January and the Russia shit has not right. helped at all. But I made a lot of money in other ways with crypto that like my crypto portfolio, that one is more like long-term investments or shit. Right. Like I'm not day trading or, you know, anything, Yep. but it didn't bother me one bit, you know, like I, I, I won't lose any sleep over that tonight because again, uh, that 200 grand started out as 50, right. You know, so I'm still up, still up. You know? you're it just sucks up. that I had yeah. that money in reach, but like, I'm still up from where I started and being self-employed my whole life, man, like I don't have a 401k, right. like, you know, I'm a 1099 dude. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like I don't yeah, I know about that. health yeah. insurance and, yeah. you know any employment package so like when, when i turned 40 it was in the middle of the quarantine and 40 didn't really hit me that hard but for some reason when i turned 41 i kind of had my like little midlife crisis yeah, like, right fuck. like what the fuck am i doing in my life like i'm supposed to be retiring in you know 24 years and right. i don't really think i'm quite prepared and i knew like i needed to do something to be able to save that's the problem with america right like you can make a good salary like you know, if you work hard enough, it's easy. No, I'm not going to say easy, but it's easier these days to get like a six figure it definitely job is. than oh, it yeah. was like when I was a kid. Yep. Um, but it's just really hard to save money, yep. right? Like, because everybody's kind of living a little bit 
hundred percent about their knees and oh, they yeah. should be because we're keeping up with this culture and society. Yep. So, um, you know, I knew that I needed to be able to make a large sums of money to be able to really save large sums of sure. money, right? Like, and I, I tell you what, I don't think there's a better opportunity right now for that or for a transfer of generational wealth uh than crypto and let me be 100 clear you can lose your ass in crypto like if you don't know what the fuck you're doing you will lose money you you can lose everything it's it is very risky but um if you put in the time like i always tell people when they like oh my god how did you you know make all this money in crypto so fast and i always tell people like because i ate breed and slept that shit for right. eight months i mean even when i was walking around my house during that time i would have my phone in my pocket listening to a crypto podcast right. listening to tna technical analysis reports i really put in the work and that's right. the thing that people need to understand is you're not going to jump on and just happen to pick one out of nine thousand different coins that's gonna do Make a you millionaire yep. overnight and that's what a lot of people expect because they've heard these stories the, the, the Shiba billionaire guy, you know, he, he bought five grand in Shiba and now yeah, has yeah. a billion. Like they hear those stories and they think that it's just so easy. Of course, if it were that easy, everybody, everybody would, would do it. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think crypto is an excellent opportunity for people to learn something new. And I always tell my students, if you leave my class and you don't want to invest in crypto, at least now you know a technology that's coming that you are going to be forced to use in the next five years in one shape. Or form it's kind of yeah. like dude i remember at 16 or 17 year old driving through taco bell drive-through being able to pay with a debit card for the first time right that's like, like i remember fun. that you yeah. know so uh Cell and phones, that, that really like, makes me sound old right but right. like dude it's coming like digital right. money is coming in fact i know apple is changing the apple pay to where you're going to be able to pay with crypto it's going to automatically convert it so they're going to have that integrated into the phones already you saw El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as their yep. legal currency. And now that's what Russians have been doing, man. They're fucking buying Bitcoin huh. because Russia put that stipulation where they could only pull $20 out of their bank account. It was reported that they're paying $20,000 over value just to get Bitcoin right now because Bitcoin is safe from governments, man. Yeah. That's what and the ruble is worthless right now for them too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of like South America, Central America, the countries that have to really worry about the governments, you know, and, and their dollars, Venezuela, for example, would be a yep. great yep. candidate. I know Brazil is looking at adopting, but um, people are learning that like, you know, crypto is kind of off the grid and uh, you have more power. And like, I don't know if you know this, but like when I was doing high dollar guns, you know, sometimes I would need thirty or forty thousand dollars in cash to go and buy a collection or something. And if you walk into a bank, even if you had the money in there and you ask them for that, nine times out of ten, they're, they're going to say they can't give it to you. Yeah. yeah. You know, you like that. I used to have to order anything over ten thousand dollars. I had to order it from the bank, and it would take them three days. I was going to say they have to prepare. For, they have to prepare for. Yeah, this like, stuff. and people yeah. don't realize that your money is just not sitting in the bank. So, right. like, if it's anything moving. goes wrong, you are fucked if all your money's in the bank. That's and, true. I mean, you want to talk about conspiracy theory? Some people wasn't be like, man, this guy's crazy. Like, no, it's true. That big BIC. vault that you see, you know, it's like, yeah, your money's like, not just sitting in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm the the poorest cash broke guy you ever meet like i keep all my money in crypto right you know i have like hardly no money in the bank but i have a lot of money in crypto and you know i will continue to do that because i feel like i have control right and i feel like you know it's just safer i mean like the u.s dollar is not as safe as it was 
it's not as worse five years ago, ten years ago. What I it mean. was either. No. Yeah, so I, I recommend to anybody that's interested in it, you can uh secondlifeventures.com. You can book me personally. It's, it's me that actually, you know, gets, gets on, on with Zoom. you. Right. And uh, I, you know, people know me on TV for being very, uh, like I call it like it is. Right. If you want somebody to coddle you and tell you you're doing a good job when you're not, that's I'm not that coach. Yeah. I'll tell you if you're fucking up real quick. <laughs> so if you're sensitive, I'm probably not the best guy for you. But if you want somebody that's going to help you make some money, then, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, students that have just really surprised me that didn't know a fucking thing about crypto that are now teaching me shit. Oh shit. You know? So, and, and, and a lot of success stories about people that, you know, have uh, actually had a guy write me maybe a month ago. And uh, you know, I make YouTube videos about crypto yep. products I'm investing in. And from one of my videos he made, he was able to make enough money to pay off his house in like a week. And this dude, I, I, I should print it. He wrote me this beautiful email that it almost made me cry, man. Like I was just like so touched by this guy. And he, he it, you could just tell how thankful he was. He was like, man, I never thought I'd be able to pay off my house. And wow. I watched your video and I did what you said. And, you know, I just paid off my house. I'm, I think he's 36 years old or something. And he was like, you know, that changed my life. And uh, that's shit. what I always tell people. Like, yeah, you can make some life-changing money but you can do that in stocks too if you know um what you're doing and i mean i'm sure there's some other ways but i just picked crypto because of the story of my brother and i'm sure right. you'll always be interested in it because you remember yeah what you could have had it's right? like a like, bittersweet yeah it's kind of but you make you make really good points and all that because like like you said like you're a very kind of like straightforward person like you need that because you're right. A lot of people, especially with stocks too, like when the whole GameStop thing happened, everybody just thought that they were going to go in and go on Wall Street bets on Reddit and think that me in particular think that they were going to pick these things. And I, I bought, I bought fucking dude. I bought GameStop at $350. I, I lost my ass on AMC. I'm not going to lie. To I got AMC, Nokia, all those like, motherfuckers. I yep. had Blackberry and AMC yeah. and I was riding that Wall Street bed train, boy. And I got like, and I, and the same thing with Dogecoin. Actually, Dogecoin was the coin that taught me uh, the, the, the final lesson I needed to what know, not to do. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, I'm not embarrassed to say it because I tell you what, like I always tell people my successes and I stress to them my failures. Right. And uh, I think that's really important when you're teaching uh, or, you know, like I'm a leader of a, of a, like my crypto project has a few million dollars of people's money in it. Like right. uh, I think that they trust me with their money because they know that I'm very upfront and honest and, and transparent. Right? right. Like I think that's super important when you're dealing with investors money. Um, <laughs> And that's the thing is like, it's kind of good and it's kind of bad, but like, I don't candy coat shit. So like, I don't tell people things are going great if they're not. If they're not, right. You know, and, and you take the risk, right? Because a lot of people are used to that. Like they're used to everybody putting a positive spin on shit. And I took a risk with that, of being right. as transparent as I am on my YouTube channel and with my crypto project, right? Like, but the feedback I've gotten is that the fan base that I've developed on YouTube, which shockingly enough, finally, most of the people that follow me on YouTube are not from the show. It's yeah. not fans of the show. In fact, I get the comment at least once a week of like, 
oh my god my girl my girlfriend swears that you're on a tv show and they, they're like somebody that's commented on every one of my videos they just right. didn't know you know right so now they know you was crypto and not in that right but that's what, what i want, want. I, right. I wanted people that didn't look at me as like this dumb fuck reality tv dude <laughs> like you know uh and that setting for finances like it's not a good thing to be on a reality tv show i don't think right. people take you as seriously or want to listen to you talk about you know investing hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. right it's like what do you yeah exactly no i i yeah. that's not a good pairing because it's so funny that people don't understand that even reality tv is built for entertainment 100 you know, i know they it. really you know and i know you interview a lot of reality people so yeah. they probably say the same but like yeah reality tv is not scripted but it's still edited and and Dude. shown for entertainment there is yes. not a single program on tv that is a hundred percent uh organic and, and no. real right yeah. like yeah there's no, no you, you like literally no matter what show you or even documentaries and shit like oh yeah I, I mean, they, they get really close to being accurate, but I guarantee you, if you nitpick every one of them, apart, they're always one-sided. A documentaries yeah. are always one-sided. They're yeah, not absolutely. as, some are not always as open. That's another episode for the E4 Explosive Podcast. We'll see you next time.